Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzzo. Welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea. I am Sal Nuzzo here with our CEO, Dr. Bob McClure. Uh, We are in the thick of the 2022 legislative session. Uh, We're about uh, halfway through at this point. Uh, And surprisingly, the only thing that has been presented to the governor at the time of our recording uh, has been the House uh, and Senate joint resolution on reapportionment. So no policy bills, nothing uh, has gotten to the governor's desk for his signature yet. Uh, a little bit different than prior it years. Is. Yeah, it's very different than in prior years. And I think our listeners, you know, the natural question is to ask why. Yep. And while we may not have all of the answers, I think there are several things that are going on. Uh, and, and, you know, we've talked about this previously. There are some fairly controversial, controversial bills mm-hmm. that are requiring... Uh, a little bit more of a deliberate nature, even yep. in the House, where you traditionally don't see yep. that kind of deliberation. You've got uh, the abortion bill, uh, whether you agree with it or not. You've got the anti-woke CRT bill. Yep. Um, so you've got some things that are relatively controversial that dropped late. Yep. And so they're, I think they're taking their time to get through them and who knows what the finished product. So I think that's one thing. What else yep. do you think? And I think there's a, a major element to what you said in terms of, I think it was five House priority pieces of legislation were filed on the very last day of bill filing, which was, uh, I believe, the 11th, the first day of session. So you did not have the ability of the chambers to hear those bills in committee before they got in in the right. pre-session committee week. Right. So they could have created some backlog of policy bills that might have already gotten to the governor's desk that are now kind of in the in the holding pattern before they land. Yeah, I also think that, and I, and I don't know this for sure, but it appears at least that uh, the Senate president had his, has his priorities, the Speaker of the House has his priorities, and there's going to be, as there always is, some uh, some wheeling and dealing to for each leader to have his priorities get through the other. The other chamber. Yeah. And so there is some of this. I mean, it's just human nature for folks to have different priorities. And I think that's some of it as well. Yeah. And so you'll have like one week where a House bill begins to move through a subcommittee or a committee. And then it's uh, uh, the following week is when the Senate comes up. And now as a result of those things, we're now in week five. So I, you know, I kind of... uh, would probably expect the dam to crack and break mm-hmm. and everything yep. flood through uh, to the governor's desk uh, in the in the you know second half, but uh, it's definitely something different than we've seen in prior years. Let me ask you this: How much of it you think has to do with it being an election year and or kind of the nature of the world we're living in with the you know the cancellation of or the attempted cancellation of Whoopi Goldberg and Joe Rogan and the trucker strike in Canada? How much of it has to do with it being an election year, in your opinion? I think a lot has to do with the the narrative of wanting to kind of um, have bills passed and get to the governor at a particular time to be able to leverage the political opportunity there. I think there's certainly a, a you know a nature to that. I'm not so sure 
on the cancel culture aspect of it because what I'm seeing is as these bills get into committee, there is rigorous and aggressive debate, not just among the members, but about, uh, from the public as right. well. It's true. So I don't think either camp, so to speak, is shying away from addressing and tackling these issues, yep. which kind of leads right into the cancel culture right. activities of the week. Exactly, and and while I you know I'm not a I, I don't listen to Joe Rogan uh, uh, religiously. I've ha- I have heard him. I thought very surprising. It was kind of an unforced error for him to apologize via Instagram to whoever he was apologizing to. I don't know if it was Neil Young. I don't know if it was you know the woke culture or whatever. I really thought he was gonna kind of say you know I'm. I, I'm going to keep doing my own thing and cashing my my hundred million dollar checks and and not move on and, and just move on. And, and this is a very interesting uh, example of how the the process of the cancel culture works. So at first you had the whole issue of is Joe Rogan promoting quote unquote misinformation right. and. I think at the time, Spotify had this great response. The CEO of the company said, absolutely not. He has a a right to be on our platform. We are standing by him. And you want to know what? If Neil Young wants to pull his music, that's Neil Young's decision. Right. And so you had that first reaction there, which I thought was great. And then you have... What inevitably happens with the cancel culture is they start digging into, all right, well, let's find what we can next. And then they found the recordings where he had uh, replicated the use of the N-word, where he was kind of uh, quoting others with it and and so forth. And now they're going to try and attack him on that. And that's where he kind of felt, oh, well, okay, now they're coming at me at this. I'm going to issue that, I agree with you completely, an unforced error apology where I would have loved to have seen him just stand up and say, you want to know what? This is exactly what they do. They try to find whatever they can from however far back they have to go. And when they don't get it on one thing, they'll try on another. And until you stand up to the bully and say, no more, I'm not taking it. But like you said, he... He kind of acquiesced he did. to the mob a little bit. It was very bit. surprising. And to be clear, he was quoting yes. other people saying that word. Yes. It was not him using that word. Exactly. You know, and so I think if you look at the people that the cancel culture has not defeated yet. I think our own governor is one of those. Mm-hmm. I think whether you like Donald Trump or not, he's another. You look at the truckers in, in Canada, you look at um, other, Tucker, Tucker, Carlson. Tucker Carlson, other governors around the country. You can't apologize for because you will hope it will go away. I'm not against apology. I mean, I'm a married exactly. man. You have to apologize <laughs> in life, right, for what you've done wrong. But in this case, that he hasn't done anything wrong. And the people who get swallowed up by the cancel culture or those who apologize in hopes that they will be left alone, and they're not. And I think you also have this dynamic where the mob going after someone is almost always exclusively from the radical left. And case in point is Whoopi Goldberg. Right. So Whoopi Goldberg, 
a card-carrying member of the radical left, makes an absolutely atrocious statement saying that the Holocaust was not race-based. All right, you're on a live show, you make a mistake, you, someone comes up after, whenever the case may be, and says, oh, let me kind of come out and talk with you about right, this. Right, And, you know, you, you, you kind of come to a better understanding and you move on. People on the she right... She doubled down and on Colbert. Well, and you also had people on the right defending her against the cancel right, mob. Right, right. I mean, this to me is the most uh, kind of... If you have to look at what Joe Rogan was doing versus Whoopi Goldberg was doing, I think you could argue what Whoopi Goldberg said was arguably worse right. in terms of the, the, the kind of how wrong it was. And yet... People on the right were the ones coming to her defense and say, okay, correct her, but don't make her have to, like, you know, take the flogging and be canceled or lose right. or, or get suspended. Beg I mean, for forgiveness. Yeah. Blah, blah, this to yeah. me is just the, you know, the, it is a um, it is a sign of our times right. that just I, I cannot wait until we finally get past this culturally and eventually look at it through the rearview mirror. Right. And I think ultimately we will. I do not think the cancel culture is going to win. You look at what happened in Virginia. You look at um, what's happening all across the country. I, I go back to the truckers in, in Canada on the border. I mean, people are, they've had it. Yep. And, you know, the coastal elites... Um, who only talk to themselves and have their own echo chamber, teachers unions, California, you know, leadership, New York, they think they're in the majority, but they're in the vast minority. And I think a lot of this is also being kind of uh, blown up by traditional media no outlets doubt. that have a, yes. a have a, 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 an outsized impact in those communities. Right. Let's shift to sports. Yep. Uh, big things going on the last couple of weeks. Probably the the biggest thing ongoing right now are the Beijing Olympics. Mm -hmm. um, have you watched? I have watched a total of thirty minutes, uh, and it was curling because it's the one sport that you can only watch every four years, right? And it just fascinates me. Um, but I'm I'm really really disappointed with um, everything going on with mm -hmm. respect to. China's involvement. I've seen clips of minders uh, practically tackling reporters live right. when they are reporting on things because they say something. You have um, athletes that are uh, kind of uh, having to watch what they say. You have right. Nancy Pelosi talking about, you know, our athletes shouldn't criticize China for human rights violations. I think this is just an absolute disaster. You even have allegations, rightly or wrongly, about athletes being testing positive for COVID, the best athletes, so that they're out of those particular uh, competitions to give advantage to, uh, you know, the, the hometown team. And yeah. I mean, whether that's true or not, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, the, the, the problem is I, I'm not a believer in, um, you know, just complete boycotts. These athletes give their lives to these kinds of things. I think Jimmy Carter accomplished nothing uh, when when they boycotted in 1980. I think it also gives hope and opportunity for Americans to coalesce around heroes. That's not happening in China. The problem I have is with the IOC awarding these Olympics to uh, a country that is so egregious 
on human rights. And that's 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 an understatement. And I think you had an example where uh, a figure skater uh, was uh, tested positive and removed, and yet he would have been skating uh, by himself in an ice rink right. with nobody in the stands, and yet was asymptomatic and had to be removed. So right. it's just kind of this, uh, it's just an awful set of circumstances. And I think... Uh, At the worst time in history oh, yeah. to have it in China. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the GOAT, is no more. He is. He's yep. retired. Um, Here's the question. Do you think anyone can come close in our lifetimes to his accomplishments as a quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't think so. I'm with I mean, you. <clears throat> at the age of, what, 44? Yep. I don't think there is anyone out there that can do it. I think the person that could come closest would be Patrick Mahomes. But right now, at his level, he's, um, you know, he's getting, he gets pounded so much, uh, you know, physically, so much more than Brady. I, I just don't see... I don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm I'm with you completely. I think the uh, uh, the and I'm also surprised by his decision to retire after that loss. I thought he'd go one more year. I thought he would go one more year one as more. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it would have given almost like an opportunity for him to kind of have that swan song in the final year. But you know, he knows his body more than anybody right. else. And if the competitive fire isn't there, and he didn't see a path where. Uh, the Bucks uh, could make it to uh, the 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 championship or the Super Bowl. I think he you know he kind of bowed out when he thought was right. So, so congrats you, to him. Who are you actually pulling for in this year's Super Bowl? Well, you know, I had to think off the top of my head for a moment who is actually in the Super right, Bowl because right. it, it are two teams that are traditionally not no big. backers, yeah, yeah. no no I Tom mean, Brady. We're, yeah. we're looking no back we're looking back to the age of uh, Kurt Warner right. and Boomer Esiason for the for the folks who right. you know quarterback right. these teams last times they were in. I am I'm, I'm probably gonna root for the Bengals. I was I was hoping for another Chiefs uh, a win right. to get get going there. Uh, but considering the Bengals showed them up on the uh, in the championship game, I'm probably rooting for the Bengals. Yeah, you? I think I agree. I mean, how can you not pull for Joe Burrow back in his home state? Uh, and the Bengals have such a history of futility. Um, I, 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 I do like what the Rams have done, and uh, i really big fan of Matthew Stafford. He took such a beating in Detroit for so long, and he's now in the Super Bowl. Uh, but everybody takes a beating in Detroit. They do, they do. Uh, so, so that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm heading. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, but uh, do, what what's your now? Are you a uh, are you a, a a fan of the game? Are you more a fan of the commercials? Are you more a fan of the of no. the halftime show? No, it's the game. Okay, it's All the right. game. I All mean, right. unless it's. Springsteen or someone like that. Prince. Prince was Prince my all time favorite halftime show. Prince was great. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but generally, I may be showing my age. You know, the halftime shows and the commercials. I'm more focused on the game. I gotcha. All right, let's shift over. Uh, let's uh, kind of round it out with uh, with the never ending virus, right? Uh, COVID uh, stats. We've got. Uh, kind of the Omicron wave seems to be subsiding. Most right. states are seeing radical drops in and their... some really uh, interesting you know. news in blue states. New yep. Jersey, New York, California. Uh, they've all set dates to get rid of their mask mandates. 
Uh, and and yet, and yet, you've got Virginia Governor Youngkin issues an executive order for the school districts in the state, and you've got a handful of the Northern Virginia school districts, largely very left leaning, that are combating him on that, maintaining a mask requirement, very similar to what happened in Florida right. uh, not that long ago. We saw what happened there. The courts ruled in Governor DeSantis's favor. The legislature is moving quickly in Virginia. Very to kind quickly. Of, you know, the Senate has already yep. passed. It'll go to the House, and yep. the R's took over the House yep. in the most recent election. So we would expect that to take hold very uh, yeah. soon. And so uh, I, what never ceases to surprise me, and I say that sarcastically, is the fact that all of the things that the right has said over the last year and a half, the left is now co-opting those arguments right. and ignoring everything they said for the last year and a half, two years. And thanks to the platforms of social media, we now have you know receipts of when you know uh, folks on the left had said, you know, you have to masks. Masks are the, the greatest right, thing right. and greatest uh, prevention mode for this virus. And now they're turning it's and saying- It's a vaccine, you'll never yeah, get the virus. Exactly. Yeah. And now they're like, we, you know, masks are, you know, according to a study from Johns Hopkins, masks did nothing and right. quite uh, quite possibly had a negative impact psychologically, uh, medically, on kids and whatnot. So I think we're, we're seeing kind of the end throes of this to where uh, we're just kind of accepting that this, uh, this virus is going to be something endemic that we have to understand and live with. And if you are immune compromised or something along those routes, that if you know you need to address it that way, but for the vast majority of the population, it's it's done. and the left will say there's nothing to see here. We did everything right, and now we're finished, and everybody can move on. It to your point, whether it's how wrong the teachers unions have been, how wrong they've been on masks, how wrong they've been on the fact. Let me be clear that if you get the vaccine, you won't get the virus. That was their initial response. Absolutely. They've turned out to be wrong on that. Not not against vaccines. Let me be clear. Uh, how wrong they've been on shutting down the economy, how wrong they've been on defunding the police, on crime, on um, uh, you know DAs that won't prosecute. And now all of a sudden, as we get closer to the election, there's nothing to see here. Well, and you have the, the abject hypocrisy with a, a, a person like Stacey Abrams sitting down with a group of students. All of those kids are masked. Right. And Stacey Abrams... Probably the the person who needed the mask because when you look at how COVID affects age, age, right, right. weight, those kinds of things, was the person who should be wearing the mask. She's not wearing it. I've got to imagine the ad writers have just are ready to pounce on on that photo. Right. So all to say, hopefully, we are reaching the end of the. Um, the taking away of the civil liberties of average everyday Americans uh, across this country. And as you said, the right, the right uh, was correct. And, you know, we're moving into hopefully a new season where, you know, there is some back to normal, um, you know, without these draconian mandates. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was Barry Weiss was on uh, the uh, Bill Maher show and she said something to the effect of... Um, we will look back on this 
and recognize it was a great moral crime. And so it is my hope that we get there quicker because as it is long to say, those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it. Let's end on a hopeful note. Uh, we've and got, I know we've got our great yeah. annual dinner coming up. Yep, uh, it's uh, been re- refashioned as the session soiree. Yep, uh, here in Tallahassee, we're close to being sold out. I think we'll be sold out uh, by the end of the week. It's going to be a great event. Byron York from the Washington Examiner and Fox uh, News, Fox News, right, is going to be our keynote speaker. Uh, we have Congressman Neil Dunn. We hopefully have some other elected officials who will be there. It's going to be more casual. Yep. It's going to be indoor/outdoor. I think it's going to be a great celebratory evening of uh, movement conservatism. Yep. Uh, and and what role Florida has played in protecting movement conservatism uh, over these last few years, and how right we've been. From a freedom standpoint, for lack of a better term, it's really going to be quite a celebration Tuesday night with Byron York. Yeah, and it, it, the the optimism of Florida as kind of the Alamo for individual liberty, the right. the idea that as you know, radical blue states go their way, we continue to show how you can you know maximize opportunity, prosperity, progress by protecting individual liberties, by maintaining a core belief and philosophy in the fundamentals of the Constitution. And as a result, we continue to see six, seven, eight hundred people a day moving to the state of Florida. Uh, I saw a statistic yesterday, $1.2 million in income migrating into this state every single hour. That is it's a what, stunning statistic. That is what Florida accomplishes. It's going to be great to celebrate that. And uh, we look forward to uh, many of those in the listening audience uh, participating and being there on Tuesday the 15th. So uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us on this episode of Spill the Tea. We look forward to coming to you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Spill the Tea. For more content from the James Madison Institute, follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.